In today's episode, we are talking about setting goals. This is part one of a two-part series because success doesn't happen by accident. And whether you are someone totally new to goals or you're someone who's been doing it over and over again and just want to brush up on your goal setting skills, this episode is going to be perfect for you. So tune in. Welcome to Free and Figuring It Out, a weekly podcast hosted by two Brits, Sherelle Griffith and Verity Brown, on a mission to support, empower and reassure fellow independent millennial women that they can be self-sufficient, successful and seen. Hello, hello, it is Sherelle here and I'm so excited because we are talking about one of my favorite topics in the world goal setting um yes we are coming to the end of a year 2019 right now if you are listening live but if you are listening to this podcast at any other time in the future it will still be super applicable so do not worry but yes we are talking goals because if you want to achieve great success in your life i don't really believe it happened by accident i believe you do need to be intentional and setting goals is a great way to help you get clear on what you want to achieve um, and also ensure that you don't get sidetracked by shiny objects and also get sucked up into other people's versions of success. And um, it's very easy in this world now to be scrolling through your Instagram and think, oh, I want to do this, or someone says something and you get sidetracked. So actually taking some time out for yourself to write down some goals, I think is a really important practice. And um, we wanted to do a, quite a practical podcast episode this time to actually walk you through I suppose a little bit of how me and Verity both do our own goals talk about some different models you could be using and we're going to be a double-handed episode so if you're listening to this one the one after we'll also be talking about how to make sure you actually achieve them setting goals is just one part of the thing I tell people over and over again setting the goals might feel like the hard part but honestly taking the action is the bit that really counts yes Verity are you ready for action I'm ready. Let's do this. <laughs> Woohoo! So to kick off, we thought we'd just talk through some of the different ways you can set goals because different people do it in different ways and you might have heard of some of them, you might not have heard of others. Um, but let me, I, what I would say is there's no wrong or right, but I think trying to find a tried and tested model for, for you if you're new to it, it's just a good way to get into it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. So, um, I mean, I think the the first one that comes to my mind is SMART, yes. which, did you say there's been like an extension onto that now? Yeah, so actually I have recently been reading a book and Michael Hyatt talks about SMARTER. So, um, and I don't know if he's the only time I've seen that. And also I'd just like to point out every single person who uses SMART does normally use it slightly differently and even I have to make sure because I write about it quite a lot and propel her I always have a moment where I think which is the five words that I use because I think normally I use um, s is for specific m is for measurable a is for actionable r is for I think I put for realistic and yeah t is for timed yeah 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 so that's I what I would do as well okay um and this uh goal setting model is mainly used from a business perspective originally. So I think that's why some people have a bit of resistance. If you work in an organization, if you've had a job and you've been told to set goals, most people will be told to make sure they're smart. And the purpose of having smart goals 
it's really so that it's crystal clear what you're trying to achieve to the point where someone else could tell if you've achieved it. Mm. That's what I always think. So if you've made it really specific, it's about not just having a goal that's just like, I want to be rich, for example. <laughs> totally like, I, yeah, I mean, we all want to be rich, <laughs> but that's not specific enough. Like, how are you, and it's not measurable, like, actually, what are you going to do to quantify it so that someone else could tell if you've made that, if you've hit that? So, you know, in the last episode, Verity said she wants to be a self-made millionaire. So her target would be, <laughs> I, well, actually, what do you class a millionaire as? Having a net worth of a million or having a million pound in your bank <laughs> or having um no I don't definitely no million pound in the bank yeah okay. yeah so that so there we go so you your goal would be like I will have a million pound cash in my bank and then to make it timed you'd have a date so we said you got till 20 what have you got until the 31st of December 2029 <laughs> <laughs> so we'll yes. check in with Verity again <laughs> see how that's gone <laughs> but the idea is by like adding an actual number you'll make it specific and measurable um by adding it timed you're giving yourself a really um clear deadline I don't know how realistic you feel that is right now I very realistic okay yeah. that's good um I feel like the realistic one I would like to say I think the further away you set a goal is normally the hardest one I would say mm. in terms of I always I'm a bit cautious about it because a lot of the women I work with I think are easy to put themselves to not push themselves as it is and you do want to have goals that are big and are scary I think you just want to know like it will push you but it doesn't feel so unattainable that you basically give up and what I would say is if you do any sort of goal that has a timing on it that's as far away as Verity's one was in this example, then you probably would want to do, how does that look in one year, three years, five years? You want to be chunking it down. So yeah. then, you know, then you'd start to see, okay, maybe it's about having £50,000 next year. Okay, that does feel realistic. The next year yeah. is adding in da da, da 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 And that, so if you've got the longer, the further away, sorry, the goal is the more likely you need to be having milestones or sub goals under that goal to help you like have more time deadlines but also help with that realistic factor but don't put yourself down do not like don't self-censor yourself like don't I, I just think it's such a hard one because so many women would then be like oh this is really realistic it's like I don't want to be so realistic you can do it in your sleep I want it to be a challenge but just not feel so impossible that you've got no belief behind it yeah and you've got to think like well, if I'm not, then what's going to happen? Like the world won't end if I'm not a millionaire by 2020, you know, but if it's something in your bones that you're like, I know I want to achieve that. And also a little thing to add here is to, because it's something that I've learned being in business. And if you're listening, thinking, how, how are you going to like, yeah, I'd love to say I'll be a millionaire by 2029 like Verity, but how are you going to do that? Like, what does that look like? Then, you know, also remember compounding as well. So it's something that Sherelle probably knows a lot more about than I do, but you know, <laughs> for instance, wonder of the world. <laughs> yeah, but for instance, like, you know, your first year, you may have 20 grand and then it may be 50 and then 150 and then 350 and then 800 that you know it doesn't mean that every year you'll do 100,000 you know whatever so um also try to do a little bit of kind of maybe reading on goals that are something that you want to achieve but you don't have full knowledge on like really just try and understand it a little bit more as to 
okay, well, what could that look like and, and how would I get there? So, and I think, like Fabi just said, if you've got a goal that you don't really know how to get there at this moment in time, don't worry about it. And like, this is at this moment in time, it's about trying as much as you possibly can if you're using the SMART method to write goals that are as in as much detail as you possibly have. But if you know it's something you want to do and you know it's a goal, like and it's not to the formula, still write it down because you've got time to revolve it. And the worst thing I think that could happen is sometimes people use some models and methods for setting goals and it doesn't quite fit and then they take it off their list altogether. And I'm actually like, you're going to do yourself more disservice if you do that. So whatever you want to do, write it down and you worry about the how afterwards, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and smart goals I think do naturally appeal to more that business environment type a also working with other people because yes. then you have something set in stone it's not like you said oh I want to like write a book by you know in my life it's like you know I'm going to write 300 pages by March 31st you know all of that yeah. so I think you know that's why we're going to tell you about a few other ways of, of, of writing goals but coming from our background as marketers like smart it's a very strong way yeah. to write a goal if you are a little bit fluffy and faffy <laughs> and you just need something a bit more anchoring for you um it really kind of helps like you keep going back to that focal point of what do I need to achieve and by when um and I just think it really helps with that focus doesn't it yeah it sure does so that's smart but as I just mentioned before so Michael Hyatt has a book called your best year ever which um I am currently reading as part of Papa's book club and he makes it longer so he changed smart into smarter and it says specific measurable actionable risky time keyed exciting and relevant so the two main changes are risky and exciting and i think this is what i was saying before about when you're trying to make it realistic you don't want to end up making it feel just like so sort of achievable that you're not excited by it like it mm. needs to be something that genuinely you are like if you achieve this goal you are going to be super happy like there is n i actually went through a phase where even when I um, had achieved a goal, I kept on writing it down because I was like, actually, that's part of the excitement of being like, I've achieved something that I really wanted to achieve and I worked really hard for it and I've done it. And I think we all want to, we don't want to get to a point where we achieved a goal and we're like, oh, that's fine. Like you should be writing goals that really help you as we're going to talk in the next episode about like how to take the action. It's got to be exciting. You've got yeah. to know that the hard work is worth it. Risky. Yeah. Yeah, go on, sorry. No, I was just saying, I think the risky bit is is really interesting because I think, you know, I mean, for me saying I want to be a self-made millionaire, it, it, I'm not like being nonchalant with that. The, that is risky, you know, in the sense of like, I've said it out loud and, you know, people, I mean, I don't actually care what the people think, but, you know, for me, it's like, I I now need accountability for that to do that and and of course that's risky isn't it but I think people get scared and they have fear and yeah. this is why risky is probably quite an important word to pop in just to remind people that anything you achieve that is great does have to have a little bit of risk with it doesn't it yeah and I think if you're naturally a low risk person like I'm not a big risk taker 
so I think actually having that as something to put in there is really important if you're someone who naturally is quite risky and like has a high risk tolerance and stuff you're probably fine but mm. if you aren't I definitely think it's one to pay attention to and I just want to quickly mention about relevant which because it is a bit different to realistic and I just remembered why is because relevant is about looking at it to do with where you are in your life right now mm. and this I think is really important because some goals you might have but it's like you don't have everything else around you to mean it's really realistic and in the book it talks a lot about like your life like where you are in your life like do you have family do you have children like are you in a city that you know are you do you have a support a support group around you all of these sort of things so it's also been like is this is this goal yes it might be something you want and that's the thing is actually some of us have big goals but we don't quite know when that's going to happen like you know when you meet people like I, when I was younger and I was like I want to have a yellow Porsche like that was a big goal of mine also I'm thinking I want to have a yellow Porsche <laughs> I've still got it on my I've got my vision board which we'll talk about in a bit but I don't have that as a goal at the moment so it's on my vision board but it's not a goal for me because it's not relevant for my life right now because I live in London where I would <laughs> not be able to drive the car <laughs> and to the speed that I'd want to and I don't have a parking spot so it's not do you get what I mean like it's something I can still be passionate about having in my life in the future, but it's not relevant to where I am right now. Yeah, so actually yeah. having that on your list of goals right now doesn't make sense. Yeah, it's like for me, like I want like children and like a big house, but I don't want that now because that's just not where I'm at in my head. So it's, yeah, I think that relevant is really interesting. Yeah. Okay. So smart and smarter are both of the more traditional, as Bobby would say, type A, stricter, more formulaic way of setting goals. Another way to be able to write goals is to use the be, do and have method. Um, and I was, I was saying that it's, I really enjoy the method and actually my, what I think is a really good thing is to do be, do and have first and then go back through it and to try and make them smart. That's actually my preferred mm-hmm. way of working with them. Because I think be, do and have is basically you spend the time working out like what do I want to be? What do I want to do and what do I want to have? And so it's a very easy structure to follow. Like if you're new, and even if you're not new, it's just an easy way to be like, hey, these are all the things I want to be. These are all the things I want to do. And these are all the things I want to have. And it's very easy to be able to quickly write down using those three subheadings. Um, but it's one that gets taught a lot by what I'd class as the more woo-woo. <laughs> yeah. It, no, it definitely is that bit more woo-woo. And um, I suppose the kind of way I work with it is, yeah, you you figure out kind of, you know, what your goals are, what you know, what you want to have. And and then you, you kind of be that person now. That's how, like, my yeah. kind of take on it. So, so for instance, um, you know, I say I want a stronger body. I want to be, you know, the, my peak physical fitness. Then, you know, I I try and embody everything I can now in this present moment when I'm not that person, like to to get there. And um, I suppose it works a lot more on kind of the mindset stuff, doesn't it, Sherelle? And like it's it's like you say a lot more woo woo than than the smart um but you can blend them together which I think could work quite well yeah you can absolutely blend them together I think also so I'll ask the question so in terms of being stronger mm. like do you class what do you where would you put that because do you see it as who you are like I am a strong fit healthy woman or is it I have a strong healthy body 
Um, I think it would be the former. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. But then, and and the other thing, you know, people may be listening, thinking, right? Well, but how do you measure that? Like, you know, like you you choosing things. There there are things in life that we choose that don't have um, a strict measurement. And as marketers, this is like. <laughs> you know, something we know all too well when people want to achieve things, but it's really difficult to measure it. And so we have to think of ways, how, how would we then portray that we've achieved that? And, you know, that could be, let's just take my example, you know, because it's a bit of a tricky one to kind of measure because it's not necessarily, I want to lose weight. So you can't have a measurement. I want to fit in this dress or whatever. It's not like you want to fit in this dress. It could be, you would lift a certain weight, which isn't really my kind of thing. (laughs) Like I, you know, that wouldn't really be a vision for me. Something maybe more for me is that I may, you know climb a certain like peak in the lakes or I may run a certain yeah I used to have because I used to have around how far like how far I could run or like my time for run because I knew for me that was like if I could run that far without stopping like that was a good that was like I've got good cardio like my heart and my lungs were in a good set like place like that used to be my way of trying to set my goals for my fitness Exactly. And some people listen to this may be like really, really new to proper goal setting. And mm-hmm. they may just be saying, I just want to be happier. I just yeah. want to be happy. And some people be like, well, that's ridiculous. How do you measure that? <laughs> so you need to think how you measure that for you. So does happier mean that, you know, I don't know, you, you wake up every morning and you feel energized or does, does happier mean you know that you kind of <laughs> I've stuck myself into a hole it's really, <laughs> it's really difficult because it's really subjective okay let me think what happier is for me like um yeah happier for me is probably like a good night's sleep which means that yeah. I'm worrying less that I'm more content like it's you really have to think about what you can measure it with because yeah. just saying you want to be happier you'll never know when you've achieved it mm-hmm because there's no measurement so but yeah so what I would say is so what I just want to warn is if you do be doing have you might see some overlaps so for example like I want to be a best-selling author and then I have a best-selling book on Amazon for example like so you know you can have ones that end up sitting when you first write a list it might end up being that it's sitting in multiple categories um but don't see that as a problem my I see that as that's clearly then something you really want to achieve so mm. I as I said I would normally recommend is like you do your be do you have first and just write it exactly how you feel and then if you want to the next level will be then to try and make all of those things a bit smarter like that's yeah. the way I would usually do it but one thing I wanted to add into this conversation around goal setting is regardless of which of those two models you use is about a tool called the wheel of life so one of the things I think that is really difficult for some people is to set goals across the breadth of their life. So, you know, like for me, it's very, very easy to set goals that are around like what I want for my career, what I want for my business, what I want for my health. I'm probably quite good at what I want for my money. But then I'm not necessarily very conscious of like how I look after like my hobbies and my uh, like my sense of community or my friends and my family and stuff like that and so the wheel of life is a tool that really gets you to look at your whole life from lots of different angles so that you can really be I suppose um, like measuring your life 
across the board and then being able to set goals to address some of those issues and the reason why I believe it is really powerful is because I think sometimes like happy is a really actually quite a good example of it is that we are so focused on some areas that when we achieve it we're a little bit like oh I'm still not very happy with my life and that's because actually you've set goals that haven't been balanced so you've been focusing all your energy into certain areas and other ones have been sacrificed like you know we see it where people work really hard so their health is in a mess or you spend all this time in your like personal development and then your finances are a complete mess or you you spend all this time in your family and your friends and then but you're no you spend all the time in your family so then your friends hate you or you spend too much time in the church and then something else drops like you know this whole idea that like we sacrifice one for the other and the wheel of life is trying to help you to review your life so it's a wheel that has you score everything from zero to ten based on how like fulfilled or how satisfied you are with your life at that time and then it will give you a very easy like diagram to be able to look at and be like okay these are the areas where right now I'm clearly underperforming for or not as happy or not satisfied in my life as I would like to be versus the other areas where you can see oh actually I'm doing quite well and so the aim would be to make sure the areas that are have a lower score you're like what goals could I be setting to try and help bring that number up so my balance across the whole of my life is more equal yeah I I think it's really important I think sometimes it's a bit of an uncomfortable exercise to do because you realize that there are certain areas that are a lot heavier than others and that again it's totally subjective but um I think it's yeah it's nice to find that balance because you I mean you read so many stories don't you people have become rich and they're not happy because other areas of their life have fallen because of in their pursuit to become rich or whatever and you know um I think it's it's really key to like make sure that you keep checking in with 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 every area um so yeah I think we'll and obviously we'll link to it won't we where people yeah yeah I've got I've got that yeah put in um so yeah and actually just to uh, to caveat you can get a wheel of life that's like already got categories in so if you're someone that's totally new and just wants to be like I can't think about this you can find one that already has it normally has between eight or ten or you mm-hmm. can get a blank one where then you can fill it in yourself because you know some categories you know might not feel um you might not feel very important for what you want to focus on right now so you might not really like one that's already pre- prescribed you might want to choose but I would say if you're choosing them for yourself just be conscious don't make them all align one area because again then you're just gonna end up tipping yourself over and the last thing I just want to talk about when it comes to setting goals is this idea that people do them over different sets of time so obviously at the moment we are talking to you as we are going into a new decade and some people will be like I'm gonna we spoke like last year about um, last episode about what we want to achieve over the next 10 years obviously that's a massive massive time span and you might quite often hear people say like I've got a one three five ten year plan whatever so obviously you can set them over whatever span of time you want and that will have a like the further away it is obviously the harder it is probably to imagine the more you can't it's not as actionable in terms of like you probably can only really visualize what you've got to do for the next x amount of months or x amount of years but I think there's no there's no harm in setting long-term goals and there's no harm in setting short-term goals. I think it's about using a mixture and finding what feels really comfortable for you. So I am going to set some 10-year goals. Um, 
which I haven't, I don't think I ever have before. I think all my other long-term goals I've ever set before have been very much just like, they have a goal I know I want to achieve in the future. Um, but then I do set annual goals and I work off a model called the 12 week year, which is a book that I will put a link in the description and the show notes. But yeah, I follow a 12 week year. It means I have four sets of the year where I'm really concentrating on my goals and that's worked really well for me for the last like three or four years it's what I use with all my um all my coaching clients so um I think when it comes to setting your goals know that you can set them for what feels comfortable for you so you know if you're someone who feels like oh if I set it really it's really short time like I've heard about people like you Sherelle that are doing 12 weeks but I just feel like I don't have that much time to dedicate to my goals then don't do that and shut yourself out like then do six months or do a year like do whatever feels the most achievable to you as long as it still feels close enough that you're going to take action that's the main point the main point is not to have goals that are so far away that basically you just feel like oh I can come back to that in a few months time and you don't take any action in the foreseeable future you need to have goals that you feel like you can do something fairly soon to take action to move you one step closer and do you have any rules around how many goals to have running parallel Ooh. at the same time? Because I think people always ask this question. Yeah, it's a, it's a really interesting one. I So because this is the problem. So if you do the Wheel of Life, for example, you can end up with eight or ten goals if you have a goal for each part of your life. So I think that's actually part of the reason why I end up doing the 12-week one is because I might have ten goals for the year but because I split it up into three, like into four chunks, I'm not doing all of them at the same time. Mm. I would probably say, I reckon if you've got more than like five or six, it's probably going to get difficult. But I think it does depend on the person. And I think it does depend on the amount of time you've got. One of the things I'm super, super conscious with when it comes to goal setting is some people have the time. Like some people do have the time that if you're saying like, for example, if you've got a health one, which is literally like you're going to do exercise X amount of times a week to get this health for your body. And you've got one which is like to commit to having like continue to build your strong relationship with your girlfriend. You've got one that's around like building my business. You've got one that's around money. Like Actually, you can you could clearly be doing those four quite easily. Like in terms of I imagine in a week you could be your activities are focused on those areas that you could add another one or two in. But if you are someone that has got, you know, your career is taking up a massive chunk of your time or like you've got a family life that takes up a massive chunk of your time and you personally only feel like you get like two hours a day to yourself or one hour a day to yourself, then actually trying to have 17 different goals you're working to is not going to be realistic. So do you yeah. know what I mean? I think it's about being realistic with you. Like I'd probably say the more the more time you've got to work towards your goals, the more goals you can have. Yeah. And just from kind of a personal note from me, because I'm probably in a space where I'm not as kind of ambitious as I have been in the past, just because mm-hmm. I've had like quite a few transitions and stuff. So if anyone else is like feeling a bit like me and, and feeling a bit like, oh my gosh, what, I don't know what to set goals as, like, don't, don't force it just like really just like do a bit of journaling or something on it and just really try and figure out what's important to you um and also you know what you feel you have the energy to really like put your mind and heart to and also um it's 
if if there's one overriding thing that's so say for instance you want to get a healthier body you want more money and you um like want want to see your family more Mm -hmm. then you know if if money is stopping you from going to the gym because you can't afford it and money is stopping you from seeing your family because you can't afford the train ticket or you worried about how much you'll spend when you see them then just focus on that money one for a little bit just to put your if there's if there's one overriding goal that is preventing you from then achieving the others and you're a bit overwhelmed by goal setting and all of this then just really put your effort into that one thing just for a while, you know, like, like Sherelle said, her 12 week system, I've done that as well. It works really well. Um, and just really, you know, see, cause sometimes if we take on too much and it, it depends on our mental capacity, sometimes, sometimes we're, we're stronger than other times. It, then we give up on everything and we don't want that to happen. So, and you, and how do you feel about changing goals, Sherelle? Like, (laughs) you know, so I think, no, no, I think there's nothing wrong with it. So I, um, yeah. I think that actually, well, once we start to take the pressure away of feeling like a goal we set is what we have to achieve, it actually would make everyone's goal setting life a lot easier. Mm. I think goals do change. I, you know, I probably write my goals down five times a week and I'll explain in the next episode why I do that. And what's amazing for me is when I look back, and I can see, oh, I set that as a goal. And then now I don't set it as a goal anymore. And I'm like, because I've changed. Like, we aren't, we are not going to be the same person every single day. And sometimes something might feel really important to you. And then other times you're like, I'm not worried about it. So one, I'll be really honest about is writing a book. And for a long time, people used to always say to me, like, why haven't you written a book? And I was like, so I had like a goal to write a book. And actually, it is something I would really like to leave the world a really good book. I truly would. However, I know there's other things in my life right now that are much more important. I want to, as I said, I want to go and take a year out and research it and sit in a wood hut like Bill Gates. And like, that is how I'm going to write my book. So I'm like, that's not on my goals list anymore. And like I said, you can either, like, there's a really good system. Um, I think I learned it off Denise Duffield Thomas, which was around like having a like, not now. But so that you just don't feel this guilt, like you're not saying never, but you're just putting it aside to say, this is not for something for me right now. Mm. Like that's where my Porsche, my yellow Porsche sits. That is where my book can sit. That is where like my gorgeous hope, like my gorgeous big house can sit. Things that you're like, that is not where I am in my life right now. It's something I want, but it's not something I need right now. And then also I think if you decide a goal isn't for you anymore, let it go. And Mm. also letting go of goals is really really good practice a long Mm -hmm. time I used to have a lot of weight around trying to learn German (laughs) I did it to a level and I used to always just feel like a really ignorant English person because I didn't speak Mm. another language and so I kept on being like you need to pick it back up you need to learn it it was a goal and I'd have it on my new year's resolution list like every year and I was like why am I doing this like I want to but realistically in my life right now this is not a priority and and then I'm just feeling guilt about not achieving it so I just was like it's done and it's gone so if you look back over your list of goals and you're like actually this isn't important to me anymore like get rid of it and feel no regret about it I think the only time to be cautious of deleting goals or getting rid of goals is if you have downsized your ambition if you feel like you can't achieve it and if it's you if it's like a self not self-sabotage but you know like a so you playing small if it's because you're trying to play small then no but any other reason you can get rid of it yeah 
yeah totally so as we said this is a two-parter isn't it Sherelle so uh today was all about the how and you know really getting you to get in that mindset of, of setting your goals for 2020 and then the next episode is all going to be about really implementing them how to stay on track with them accountability we'll go a little bit woo woo um and talk about that area of things but if you have any questions about anything that we spoke about today um you can email us at free and figuring it out at gmail.com or drop us a message or a voice note on Instagram and we can get all your questions answered. Yeah. And, I could literally uh, answer this stuff all day long. Like throw them all <laughs> my way. Throw them all my way. So we will see you next week for episode two of goal setting. <laughs>